As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing, church? This is a great day, isn't it? Nothing like Mother's Day. Did you know that, uh, that Mother's Day is the third highest attended mass in the U.S. Catholic Church? Yeah, that's good. So I think that's, that's really good. This is the perfect time for us to honor our mothers and tell them that we love them. And we got lots of mothers in here this morning. So in the few minutes that I have, I'd like to offer you a few tidbits of wisdom on being a modern-day Catholic mother. How's that sound for living in the 21st century? Uh, it'll be based out of the scriptures, my experience as a priest, and also, and most importantly, having a godly and holy mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. And I'm going to do it in by offering you three pieces of wisdom based upon the age of the mother. So we're going youngest mother, older mothers, and oldest mothers. So let's go to the young, youngest mothers first. This would be up to what you call maybe mid-30s, somewhere up in there. Here's your piece of wisdom today. Don't set your goals so high in life that it's not possible to reach them. Now, we're told today that, you know, sky's the limit, uh, everything, nothing's impossible, that kind of stuff. But is that really true? You know, all that takes time. All, that, all those things take uh, energy. And what happens is a super busy life, it'll stress you out. And if you let it continue to stress you out, it will burn you out is exactly what it'll do. Uh, over the past few years, we've opted we've adopted the phrase super mom. Super mom, you know, we've got soccer moms and all these different, but super mom, you know, this is a mom that can do anything. And uh, I remember going to a, a national Catholic conference. It was a really big conference, actually. And one of the speakers was a super mom. Actually, I call her a super duper mom. She was, she was that uh, amazing. She could do, you know, she would speak, she could do everything. She could, she could balance her God, her relationship with God, her marriage, her family, her career, her church, write books, and still have time left over. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Uh, she, she was she just charismatic, you know. She just had it all together, you might call it. Something interesting happened after she spoke. Uh, later on that day, she came up to me and she said, would you pray for me? Well, I guess she asked me that because I had my clergy clothes on. You know, he's a priest and I can ask him to do that. Uh, I was honored. I, I, it puffed me up. I hate to say it, but it did. You know, uh, because when she asked, tears swelled up in her eyes. Is what they did. I think, well, she's going to ask me to pray that God will save the world. You know, I mean, she's the super duper mom. Well, I think it was very interesting because before long it became extremely evident to me that her life was in a shambles. It was in a shambles and she wanted off. I want to get off. She couldn't play the part anymore of standing up in front of all these people because she wasn't living it. Nobody can live it. It's too much. You know, super moms only exist in uh, comic books. You might call it that way. Um, but I, I, as she did that, it really impressed me. I said, there's a real mother right there. 
See, that's a real mother. Because a real mother is willing to, do, to, to balance her life out more fully for her sake and also the sake of her children. Um, here's something that the saints taught me about this, this issue. They said this. They said that except in the instances of extreme sickness or when you're the mother of young children, those are the two situations, they say it's possible to grow deeply in your faith. Now, what's that got to do with what I said? Well, it's got a lot to do with it. Because when you're sick, you don't feel good, do you? You don't feel like doing anything. And when you got a mother of young children, what are they saying? Takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Being a mom, a young mom especially, it takes a lot of time. So what are the, what are the saints saying? They're saying, go easy on yourself. Don't set the bar in life so high. Now, we need to set bars. Yeah, we need to do that. But don't set it so high up there that you can't, you'll never fall over it. See, that's what we like to do today because that's what the world tells us we can do. It doesn't work that way. Uh, at least I've not found it that way. I talk to a lot of young mothers. You know, they come up and ask, ask this and that. You know what I've found in young mothers? They don't have one second to spare. Are you like that? They don't have one second to spare. But here's what's interesting about it. They resent it. <laughs> they don't have the second, and they resent it. Because I don't have any time for myself, see? Uh, so, young moms, for the sake of your children and yourself, don't do that. Set realistic goals for your life. Here's the, here's the key. I want you to think about this because this is really the key on this one, this one approach. And it's this. Jesus is not asking you to be a super mom. No, he's not. That voice is coming from somewhere else. Think about that. That's powerful. That's really powerful. All right, let's move on to the older mothers. Uh, let's, that's late 30s to early 50s. All right, we're going to work in that category. What's the tidbit of wisdom? It's this. Take responsibility for the spiritual formation of your children. Take responsibility for the spiritual formation of your children. Uh, oh, yeah, how does it go with baptism? You know, I've done a few hundred baptisms. What is it that the priest always says? He says, what is it that you ask for your child? Parents say, baptism, I want to be baptized. And then you say, uh, you have asked to have your children baptized. In doing so, you are accepting the responsibility of training them in the practice of the faith. It will be your duty to bring them up to God, to keep God's commandments as Christ taught us. And then I always say this. Do you clearly understand what you're undertaking? Serious matter. You know, it really is. It's a serious matter. Uh, and and it, it's, I get confused about this today, older moms, because uh, I, I've talked to so many older moms who just think, well, when it comes to the spiritual life of my child, it's whatever the child wants. I'm not going to interfere with that. 
You know, whatever my child wants, that's, you know, whatever path they find, that's great. Let me tell you something this morning. That's not what you made a commitment to. Let me say something else this morning. All paths don't lead to God. They don't. There's a lot of them that will take you way off the course from God. All paths do not lead to God. And that's why we make such a commitment. Uh, I heard on PBS this week a, a, a young person, he's probably in his early 20s, and he was talking about this very approach that his parents had taken with him growing up. Well, you know, whatever, when you find your way, that's fine. You know, we're not going to interfere with that. This spot, this clip on television, it was, on, it was looking at this issue. Why are teenagers and young adults leaving the church in droves? That was the question. Why are they doing that? Um, you know, I really don't understand. I can't understand, uh, particularly the commitment that you made, how that you can take such a hands-off spiritual formation approach to your children. And yet, and I'm not judging this, I think, but I'm just trying to figure out how they work together. Be so hands-off about the spiritual formation of children, which is the most important thing that your child needs in life if they want to have a good life. How that compares with the ferocity, uh, or whatever it's called, you know, about giving your child the best education possible. People can be, parents can be ferocious about that. You know, okay. Or uh, here's another one. It's insist that their child be involved in a first-class traveling sports league. I mean, that's, that's, you know, those things are okay, but that's not the, that is a priority, but it's not the priority. How do you, how can you do that? Now, I can tell you this from experience as a pastor. The number one hands-down regret of moms of older children is this. Their children grow up and they have little or nothing to do with God or the church. Any of you in that group? Well, I am. I hate to say it, but I am. And it breaks my heart. It is the number one heartbreak in, in moms of this age. Well, why does it hurt? Is it, because, is it because we want you to be here to warm up a pew? Is that what it is? No, that's not what it is. Is it because we want people to say, well, their kids, they come to church, you know. Is that, no, that's not. What is it? Young people, listen to this. Is this true? This is what they think. This is what I think. I love my children. I want to see my children in heaven. Jesus is perfectly clear that not everybody's born to heaven. I want to see my children enter into heaven. And I want to do everything I possibly can to show them the love of God while they're young. There's why. But let me say this to the older moms because I've seen this a million times. Don't beat yourself up over it. Here's what happens. They get older, they leave, and they don't love God. They don't love the church. They leave the, leave the whole thing. You can't beat yourself up over that. An adult is an adult. And what they do is between God and them. Not you and them. It's between God and them. Their faith formation is a choice. 
But what is important is that you bring them up in the faith while they're still little ones under your roof. All right, let's go to the third group, the oldest mother. That's my favorite group because I'm in that group. I'm not a mother, but, uh, but uh, you know, I do, I do like this group. Uh, late 50s to early 100s. <laughs> do you know what? Last night we had a 100-year-old mom here. <laughs> That's why I put that in here. Uh, you know, she comes to Mass every week. She sits right there with her daughter. Right there where you're sitting, Robert. She's always sitting there. Um, you get two tidbits of wisdom because you're the wisest of all. Here's the first one. Instill the faith in your grandchildren. That's the first one. Anybody here not care about their grandchildren? Well, that's a stupid question to ask, isn't it? Well, of course. I love my grandchildren. Uh, you know, uh, here's one of the reasons I know why this is true. And I'm serious about this. I can't tell you the number of times that grandparents have approached me and asked me, is it okay if they baptize their grandchildren because their parents don't care? I get that question a lot. It's not, a, not an unusual question. See, I know you care. You deeply care. You, you care for the salvation and the spiritual growth of that little soul. Let me give you an option here, grandparents. Uh, here's something for you to think about. Today, parents are working their guts out, aren't they? Mom's having to go back to work, dad, and they're working extra hours and all that just to make the ends meet, aren't they? And they're asking you to watch the kids, right? Will you watch the kids today while I work? Yeah. Well, use that time wisely. Use that time wisely uh, to instill within these grandchildren the faith. The faith. Here's number one heartbreaker <clears throat> for Father Dave. This breaks my heart. <clears throat> it really does every time I hear it. You know what it is? A little child will say they want to come to Mass, but mom or dad won't bring them. That breaks my heart. Well, mom and dad may be tired. I understand that. This is, this is a tough world out there. I understand that. But let me tell you, grandparents, you got the opportunity in the world. You bring them to mass. But you say, well, I've already put my time in. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I've already raised my kids. I'm not raising any more kids. Really. They're your children. They're part of you. They're part of your blood. They're your children, and they need you. They need you to say, hey, let me take you to church. I see a lot of them do that here. I can pick them out. I can see them every, every Sunday and Saturday. There they are. There they are. There's them grandparents bringing those kids. Wow. What an opportunity that you have to do that. The second thing, because you're the best, because you're the oldest, is uh, pray for the assistance of your mother and grandmothers that are in heaven. Now, for a lot of us, they're already gone. They're already gone to glory, so to speak. You know, I'm that way. I'm next in line, actually. Uh, my, I'm, my number's next, actually, if it comes by age. 
going to heaven, which that sounds good to me. Um, don't you miss your mom? Don't you miss your grandmom, your great-grandmom? Well, sure you do. And I can, there's times in my life, I still do it. Fortunately, I have enough sense not to do it when I'm around people because they think I'm crazy. But I'll say sometimes during the day when I'm stressed out, I'll say, Mommy, what should I do? I love Mom. She was full of wisdom. Mommy, what should I do? See, mothers care deeply on this earth and in heaven as well. You don't have to write them off until you get to heaven one day. No, they're, they're just as real as real can get. I'll never forget this story that my mother told me one day. Grandma Flowers, she's one of the most godly women I ever met. Man, did she have a faith. Ah, oh, she had a faith. She didn't have a first grade education. She couldn't read. She couldn't write. She lived in a cracker box in a housing project. But I tell you what, when you walked in the door, I delivered groceries to her. You could feel the power of God. Man, you could feel it just sort of emanating off of Grandma. You know, they couldn't afford air conditioning. But let me tell you, power of God was in that woman. Oh, it was powerful. Let me tell you, she did what Jesus said. When she prayed, the mountain said, where do you want me to jump and how high? That's, that's the kind of grand, great grandma that I had. Grandma Flowers, and then there's Mamma Flowers. Uh, that, that would be her, uh, that would be her uh, daughter-in-law's was that. Mamma Flowers, another woman of great faith. Not surprisingly, though. I mean, you know. But uh, I remember it was time for Grandma Flowers to go to be with God in heaven. And Mamma, that night, she was laying in her bed, and she was distressed about it because Grandma Flowers was a rock. You know, she was a rock. But this is a story that my mother told me that stuck with her, stuck with Mamma, and it stuck with this great-great-grandson and probably a million others as well. While Mamma Flowers was laying in the bed sleeping, a light comes in. It wakes her up. She looks. And there's Grandma Flowers waving to her as the angels take her up in heaven. Now, do you believe that? I hope you do. <laughs> I hope you do. My mother's not a liar. I can tell you that. But, uh, you know, that's the way it was. And it was through her. See, she's not in this world. She's moving on. But she's still with me. She's right here Thank you, Grandma, for being here today. Thank you for loving me and supporting me. So let me say this to you older folks. Praise God for godly and holy mothers who love us with an everlasting love and have gone on to be with God. We'll see him again. God bless you. I love you. Now let us stand as we profess our wonderful life-giving faith.
I believe in one God, 